You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. If you're looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, then you've come to the right place. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast, and it's very, very cool to have you tuning in to what is our first episode of 2021. So happy new year to all of you. Now, rather than talk about a specific marketing method this month, we're going to be taking a look at some key foundations that you need in place if you're going to do great marketing. 2020 was a tough year where many of us had to make quick changes in our businesses. And if you had the right foundations in place, it was so much easier to do. I lost count of the number of businesses who had great ideas, but just couldn't implement them because it wouldn't integrate with the website or their team weren't capable of doing it, or things were just not working the way they should. So if you had the right foundations in place, it was an awful lot easier. So this month, I thought we'd kick off the year by helping you work out what getting the right foundations in place means for your business and therefore for your marketing. We're going to kick off with the tech stack. Oh yes, we're starting with the big one. What sits at the heart of any e-commerce business? The tech stack, of course, being your website and all the stuff you integrate into it. Um, So lots we're going to be getting into. And to do this, I'm joined in this episode by tech stack specialist, Derek Haney, who's going to be sharing a lot of great advice and tips and giving you an opportunity to get one-on-one help for free as well. You'll have to hold on till the end to find out about that though. Now, we're just about to meet today's guest, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with e-commerce expert Derek Haney. Derek is the chief e-commerce technologist at e-commerce tech. And since 2014, he's worked across the e-commerce world. He's been a marketing agency CEO and been in-house running the marketing for both a beauty box subscription box called BoxyCharm, which recently sold for 500 million to Ipsy, and at the help desk service Gorgeous, which recently closed a Series A funding for $14 million. Derek is all about getting the right tech stack in place for your business. Hello, Derek. Hello. Thanks for having me. I love talking tech tools. <laughs> it's great to have you here and great to be talking tech as well. And um, given the you know the number of successful businesses you've you've been involved with, where of course tech is essential, I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing what tips and advice you can give to our audience. But before we get into that, how did you get into e-commerce in the first place? Um, uh, certainly. So many different ways, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Even starting when uh, when I was playing high stakes poker for a living, my wife was selling art uh, and going to these small little art shows. So we said, let's build an online uh, website for your art. 
This was Magento One. And Whoa. it cost $10,000 to build the website. And we had this dream that we'd be able to put the art on the virtual wall. For, uh, for, you know, and so we spent all this money building out this technology. And of course, like no idea how to drive traffic. Nobody ever purchased a single thing from the website. It was a total bust and, uh, and a complete waste of money. So you, you've mentioned a lot of successes, but there's a lot of failures that got me there. Uh, the failures moved me even faster, I would say. Than, um, but so that was the first dabble in it. Then a few years later, after launching a tech, uh, a, a simulator for a card game, so I played high stakes poker, there's this alternative card game called Open Face uh, Chinese Poker, which is just what it's called. And, and, um, and we created a solver app, just like you would create a solver for chess. And we sold that as a monthly subscription to people that played the game typically for money. And they were able to use this solver to calculate whether their play was the right play or not. Not in real time. So it wasn't like a cheating at, at the game app. It was like, okay, I, this is what happened. What uh, It was to improve your game. Uh, that, that was short-lived. It was tough to, to get moving. And from there, our marketing agency was born, which uh, was called Splash Online Presence Management. We had no idea what we were doing. My wife and I started it together. She was branding. I was like uh, content and SEO. And, um, and and from there, we, we started getting inquiries from e-commerce and we pivoted a few times. It was very painful, but eventually we had a, a handful of really uh, great e-commerce Clients, including BoxyCharm, they were a client first. Another one called Clean and Green, and a, and a few others uh, that that were a, lot, a couple on Shopify, some on Magento, some on odd platforms. And we realized that like we we never did it officially, but we're like e-commerce is really as a marketing agency where we should focus our efforts on. We should stop trying to sell to SaaS and startups and stuff like that. And we so we we kind of went after that category, um, and and that that's what got me started there. We even launched a briefly uh, a Shopify store, which I ended up selling for five hundred dollars. Woo! Uh, <laughs> actually, and we launched uh, another blog that was intended to be content first, and then products off the back. And uh, and it got like a few thousand visitors, but it wasn't big enough, and it was with a partnership. So yeah, we did all these random things that really were just about learning and growing and and failing. At, at, at small expenses um, relative and, and finding a way to make money in between. And, uh, and then from there, BoxyCharm kind of pitched me to work in-house. And I certainly had the experience to run, run their team and stuff. And uh, we were able to grow advertising from zero to 300,000 a month in, in less wow. than six months. And uh, I told them where to put the money and it worked like a charm. <laughs> uh, and and um, we grew the influencer program. I was the person that taught them how to use metrics to track results of influencers. Prior to me, there was nothing going on there. Uh, yeah. And, the, and, and the story goes from there. <laughs> Nice. Well, uh, clearly you you know your stuff. So, and you've you've experienced plenty of different. I'm sure plenty of tech stack challenges. But um, why why is it so important that we get our tech stack so right? Yeah, I think in the beginning, you especially early uh, marketers and early business owners have a lot of limited resources. So you really want to make sure that you're using tools that are scaling your time, uh, which means that if you're doing any kind of one-off activity in, in the e-commerce, this can often be on operations, you're taking things from a spreadsheet and putting them into a product listing or something like that, right? This happens all the time. Customer service is often very manual. There, and in marketing, there are a lot of things that end up becoming very manual. And if, if 
if you can find the right tools that kind of scale that out for you, then you've scaled your time. And that's really important because as a business grows, you need to change what you're working on. You can't be a static marketer. You can hire static marketers, right? So, or maybe if you're a consultant, you have a very static role, and, um, but it, or consultant or agency has a very static role in, in marketing, doing the same thing over and over. But as an e-commerce in-house marketer, like, or in charge of marketing, head of marketing, you need to spin the plates. So you spin the email marketing plate, then you spin the SMS marketing plate, then maybe you're spinning the influencer plate, right? And the advertising plate, and you have to keep moving from place to place because problems continue to emerge. And if the tools aren't talking to each other, so for instance, a really common one is if uh, a pop-up tool is not talking properly to an email service provider, you might miss thousands of abandoned cart emails. And the way this works is the, the pop-up tool captures the email address. And then with a bad integration, it'll send it to your email service provider and just say, hey, there's a new email address in here. But with a good integration, it'll say, this cookied session ID is this email address. And that's important because you're using abandoned cart triggers to tr trigger the email sequences to that put the items that are in their cart into their email. And if the, those two platforms aren't talking to each other, you're missing that like a percentage of revenue is just gone. And so that's just one example of why the tools need to talk well to each other. And it's not just about an integration, it's about a good integration. And sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. I don't know about you, Derek, but I, I found that in 2020, a lot of the businesses that I saw surviving well, despite all the chaos and the crazy that got thrown at them, were those who had a decent tech stack because they were able to twist and pivot because their team had more time because they weren't downloading spreadsheets and uploading spreadsheets all day long, but also because they're able to quickly plug in the right things and, and leverage the right tech to enable them to adapt as consumers were adapting. Did you find a similar thing? Yeah, I think what what I found, um, I mean, aside from the the general sense that, of course, some businesses are just uh, totally out of luck and some businesses like have hyper growth simply because of the nature of the of the company, I think that the companies that had the the foundations in place were really the ones that were most successful, and and those you know foundations of uh, good conversion rate optimization, maybe even split testing if the if the site's doing enough traffic, uh, strong analytics so that you can actually see what's going on, see the change in consumer behavior on your site in real time. At BoxyCharm, we actually, I, I made them buy me an 80-inch monitor. We put it up in the marketing department, and I designed the dashboard for real-time analytics so that we could see what products were selling well. And lar it's largely a subscription, but we also wanted to see conversion rate by minute, the conversion rate by hour. We wanted to see website traffic, which would spike up. And, you know, we would, we would also see when 404 pages were getting hit, which meant, like, you know, the website was was going down and we had to talk to a DevOps person. So, um, so the, the foundations of um, between being able to see what's going on and being and communicating with your customers in an automated way. So like sending an, an email campaign or a monthly newsletter, that's great. And that's a manual process that you can certainly do to drive sales. But like I said, abandoned card emails post-purchase sequences, uh, things that mitigate customer service tickets that are that are happening in an automated fashion, such as like onboarding and activation emails, getting people into your loyalty and rewards program, getting them to accrue loyalty points and getting them to spend loyalty points, which and doing that at, at triggered moments when you see that they did X, Y, or Z, whether it's on your site 
on social media, whether they're taking an action by referring somebody that clicks their link, et cetera. You really want um, to, th those are foundational components of, and there's you know usually three to seven tools that are talking to each other to make all that happen at the same time. So it's all, getting our, our tech foundation right is all about freeing up our time to take things to the next level. Now, I'm going to take us back to the bottom level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, take us back a step, which is at the center of all of that, however many things you're, you're integrating, you've got to have the right website platform. What, what are the key things? If someone's thinking of replatforming this year, or they're not sure if they should or shouldn't replatform, what are the key things a, web, a good web, web platform needs to do? What have what they got to consider and have on that must-have list? Yeah. Um, the... Uh, the the number one thing is how is this platform going to integrate with the tools that I want to use to get the goals that I want? Um, because all platforms are, I mean, there's a couple of them, but they're actually, honestly, I've never seen a good one. Uh, all platforms are the center point of an existing tool network, right? And so you need to be, um, you might be more familiar with HubSpot over Klaviyo, for example. And so you're thinking, okay, then what platforms might cater towards HubSpot? Well, HubSpot has their own CMS, but that's probably impractical for e-commerce. Um, you know, should I go with WooCommerce or Magento too, um, because I want to go with HubSpot? And, or if I want to go with Klaviyo, which platform has the best Klaviyo integration? And um, so, it, it, to, it, it is a lot about integrations. It's about what else is the rest of the stack going to look like. But of course, uh, of course, I'm extremely biased in this in this one because I believe that Shopify has the best part uh, app partner ecosystem out there, um, not just from the strength of the tools and how they integrate into the platform, but also, the um, honestly, it's a really supportive community of developers and uh, and agency owners, too, that, that make um, the tools better by collaborating between each other. And in other platforms, such as the Magento 2 module, like uh, an extension, uh, it's really fragmented and people don't talk to each other as much. It's a little bit tougher to break into. And it's also a lot more developer centric, which means that people are thinking about, you know, like the cliche thing is that building a solution, but not thinking about like, okay, how do we solve like the marketer's problem or the end consumer's problem or something like that? They just build finite, like, here's a problem, here's a solution kind of thing. Um, that's my bias on it. Now, from value out of the platform, um, aside from its integrations, you are going to be thinking about um, how what what is it that you want the platform to do versus other tools? Some platforms might be doing their own email marketing. Some platforms might be doing their own inventory management. Some platforms uh, might help you manage retail better and retail with e-commerce uh, jointly. Maybe they have their own ERP. I think that's NetSuite is like kind of doing a lot of this higher level um, stuff and um, and. And sometimes you don't need all that clunky stuff. So like I consider Magento 2 uh, extremely powerful and extremely clunky. And what, what I really mean by that is like Magento 2, you can, for a small business, it'll cost you $200,000 to do the same thing that Shopify will do for $2,000. 
right? And it's because you have to have a web developer, a DevOps person, you have to manage your own server space, you have to have your own uptime, but you own your instance of Magento too, whereas Shopify is in a way a little bit more of rented land. They own the server, and if you stop paying them, the website will shut down, but I think that's kind of similar with Magento 2 instances. But um, yeah, so I don't, I'm kind of rambling on a few things, hinting around the answer to your question. It's um, good rambling. It's good rambling. <laughs> I like it. Uh, you know, that's the thing, isn't it? It's integrations. It does it do the integrations and most e-commerce businesses don't do anything that weird these days that they need to be on a specific platform that's the only one that can cover it. I mean, the only one I can think of is if you're selling bras, uh, as in ladies' underwear, it it becomes a complicated. You're restricted in your platforms because you need so many drop downs on the product page because you need color and side and back and front. But it's hard to think of an e-commerce product that requires a specific platform because all of them pretty much do it all now. So you so hence integrations becomes first and foremost. Yeah, and of course, you know, the 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 goal of integrations is is really to reduce them. We don't want to add tools. Every tool adds a layer of complexity. It co- has management time cost as well as, of course, the actual cost of the tool. And um, there's a process that goes along with every tool. And oftentimes, when there's changes in management, changes in employees, so those processes get lost, and the tool starts becoming ineffective. Um, in my opinion, of course, there's no such thing as a bad tool, just, um, just, <laughs> just a misused <laughs> tool. And yeah. There are tools that go out of business and, and, and didn't provide a lot of value. Sure, they're there. But really, anybody with customers that pay them and, and are very sticky in ongoing way, I believe that there's there's a reason for the value behind the tool. But um, it's yeah, it's it's really complicated to choose a platform because you really have to get deep in the weeds with each of them to figure out exactly which one's going to be the best for you. And not just deep in the weeds with the platform, but deep in the weeds with the surrounding tools that you would use with that platform, which basically means you have to run your business for three years on a platform to decide if it's right for you. (laughs) And and then you'll be like, yeah, it just doesn't do this one thing that I really need it to do. For instance, Shopify, when you go with Shopify, you're forced into shop pay. You need to use their payment processor. Maybe you're a payment processing expert or you really want to check out with Bitcoin or something like that. And you just need your own uh, financial, you, your own checkout process, right? And so so immediately that would be a red flag, like don't go with Shopify, go with somebody where you have a control. Magento 2 would probably be the alternative. Um, I don't actually know what WooCommerce does there. But um, but yeah, and so that that's one of the, you know, the limiting factors. So I guess the is as opposed to running at a platform for three years to figure out if it's right or wrong, you would need to look for red flag moments and must-haves that you you need you know you're going to have to do for your business, um, and then and then see if they there, there'll be multiple platforms that probably fit all your must-haves. So and then you got to choose. If we're a startup, or we're an existing business with an idea for a spinoff, and we want that minimum viable product platform that we've got an idea, we need to see if it actually works. Would you go with a, a Shopify or would you go with a WooCommerce type things? Because those, those to me are kind of like the two lowest level ones. Yeah. And even um, I've, I've seen people, you could even do just a GoDaddy landing page that captures email uh, if, if you don't need to actually sell physical product through the site um, and you're using it for like a Kickstarter or something like that, which I've seen people do. So that those are the true minimum viable products 
it is, it's called a false door test, right? You say, buy the product, it's $59.99, step one, enter your email. And then step two is, okay, we'll email you when we're ready to take your payment information. <laughs> or some people even go all the way, take the payment information, and then we'll refund them afterwards or something along those lines. But those are real like MVP tests. Now, when we're talking about in like an early stage site where maybe you're a little past the MVP or you're ready to, to really launch, WooCommerce and Shopify both are really easy to get up and going. So either one is good. I'm already telling you, I'm very biased towards Shopify. I prefer it. The nice thing about WordPress is that the CMS is in uh, is is a little bit easier to handle um, if you know basic HTML and CSS. Whereas Shopify, you have Shopify Liquid, which is a different language and you have to learn it. Now, the developers that you would pay can be really cheap in their platforms like um, FreeUp or StoreTasker that you can just... Um, you can just pay somebody like $65 to solve like your, you need your navigation bar to look different or something along those lines. So you can, you can get away with very minimal dev costs on both sides. Um, and then both of them have plug and play WYSIWYGs, which is just like, if you want to design your homepage yourself, you can do that with a tool like Shogun. Um, and then there's, um, there's, I forget the one for, for WooCommerce. It's like magic page builder or something. I don't remember. But um, but like both of them allow a lay person to kind of like decide on like, you know, how the homepage is going to look, how the blog is going to look and all those things. You can design them yourself. That's very affordable. If, if you're not a designer, it's probably basically going to get you to the MVP status. And then you'll be like, okay, my site looks pretty crappy and people are buying for me. Let's invest in, yeah. you know, strengthening up the brand or, or even thinking about how to optimize for conversion rate or things like that. But I'd say either platform is, is, is very doable. You could even go down market to Squarespace or Wix, which I think are now offering e-commerce options. I hate both of those tools. Like I would highly Second not day. recommend it, especially from the integration standpoint. But if you were really on a budget like that, you would go all the way down to those solutions. If you're really on a budget, I usually tell people not to launch anything at all, invest in themselves and learn uh, or, or even get a client who has a little bit more of a budget so that you can learn while growing their business and then use the money that you're earning from that to save until you hit a critical threshold where you can actually launch a successful store as opposed to dabbling and failing in stores like I told you I've already done in the past. Uh, <laughs> clever, clever. I like I like that slightly side sideways angle. Get the learning in first. Well, look, we've talked platforms. Uh, we've talked general kind of theory. What what are the next key things we want to have in place? As so someone who's who's weathered twenty twenty, they've made it through, and they're going right. What should I be What should I be investing in to make a difference for my business in twenty twenty one? For someone who's growing, what are the next things? The next pieces of tech they should have on their investment radar. Everyone has to have an email service provider, and I personally believe everyone needs an SMS provider. Uh, today, and you want to set up those abandoned cart, abandoned checkout, post-purchase flows in both email and SMS uh, as best as you can. And um, that's, that's 30, 40, 80 hours of work right there just to get those sequences, welcome sequences. And then, of course, you need to be collecting the email and the, the phone number. Some brands could go phone number only, by the way, but you will want email for certain other types of automation. So the 
your SMS and email platform need to be very closely linked. There are a few that do both. Uh, Klaviyo has launched SMS. OmniSend was built with SMS and email uh, intertwined, which is great. Uh, Klaviyo's SMS isn't so good, but it integrates really well with another tool called SMS Bump, which is great for any stage of a, of a store. And they just got acquired by Yachtpo. Uh, and so, so you've got the email and the SMS with the pop-ups. You've got your, you obviously need to know that your product detail pages are operating properly. Um, like there's good product images and descriptions and you're solving problems, sizing issues and stuff like that. And then of course you want that social proof on those product detail pages, which is going to be a review tool. I think that you should have a review tool from the beginning because you need to get as many reviews as fast as possible. Early on, you can even incentivize reviews. Uh, you should never fake reviews. And a lot of these platforms are now verifying reviews. Your review platform should always be uh, image or video uh, enabled because, uh, right, at least for any brand that's slightly visual, because you want people to be taking shots on social media and then you want to capture those and put them on the site. The you know written explanation of, um, uh, wow, this blouse fit really great, looks great on me, I love the fabric. Nothing compared to the the image. The picture is worth way more weight and gold and it converts really well. So setting up those review tools. Then, of course, once your people are reviewing you, kind of naturally leads to loyalty because reviewing is the first step towards coming back and buying from you again. So a loyalty tool. There are some tools that do both loyalty and rewards. Um, so stamp.io comes to mind that they actually have two separate tools, but they're highly integrated with each other, of course, same company. And then Yachtpo has um, has a review tool and a loyalty tool, but they're a bit more high end. I wouldn't recommend them for a starting store. Um, so you know we've got loyalty. Um, some brands will need a subscription tool like Recharge or Bold Subscriptions if you're a subscription box or you want to add subscription as a product option. And then finally, there, there's more, but um, an upsell tool I think is really important to upsell and cross sell from day one. And you can incorporate all sorts of cool things into these, just making bundles. You can also capture information uh, and, and use that to determine what they're gonna, uh, what you're gonna upsell them with. And then you wanna upsell typically on a product detail page and on the cart page. And then you have to be, if you're on Shopify, you have to be Shopify plus to do it through the checkout process, but it's really valuable there as well. Nice. I like that. Everyone, we will put the full list of recommendations that Derek gave there because that was pretty awesome. We'll make sure those are all in the show notes for you. All right, Derek, we are going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors. And then we're going to talk about the wider world of e-commerce marketing foundations. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. 
Okay, Eric. So far, we've gone deep into that e-commerce tech stack. I think I'm certainly boggling at the number of recommendations you gave us, um, but also the clarity. Great clarity there, everyone. Those are the tools you need. Um, Okay. You now get to wow us, Derek, with your insider knowledge about the whole of kind of e-commerce marketing foundations. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with e-commerce, which of course does include the e-commerce tech stack. So Derek, you ready for these? I'm ready. Okay, let's start with e-commerce kind of foundations newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step in improving their e-commerce foundations today, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? Uh, Almost everything we talked about is directly related to the relationship you have with your customers. So, you you know, sending an email doesn't mean anything if the person doesn't want it or if your, your, your product isn't eliciting some sort of emotional response from them. People are buying things for online because they're getting endorphin rushes and they're, uh, or they, when they buy online, which is tied to emotions. And they're buying to solve a problem or some form of utility uh, and joy, you know, and something like that. So make sure you understand the emotional triggers and responses that, that people are, are buying from you for. Like literally in your customer service emails and on social media, they'll start to say things like, this changed my life. Or maybe they'll say, you just saved me hours of time, right? You'll, you'll, you'll catch these phrases that come from your customers over and over again. That's how you find your best copywriting, right? You don't need to hire me or Chloe to give you great copywriting advice. You can hire us to help, but you'll, <laughs> uh, but you'll, you'll be able to listen to your customers and, and figure out what it is that they're connecting with. You think you sell a, what do I have over here though, you know, the world's first portable blender. You think you're selling a blender? No, you're selling the ability to make smoothies for my kids while I'm at the park or on the go or, or at yoga class, right? Like, you're selling an experience, right? So, so the product is their their touch point to an experience. Connect with them through the experience, and try to avoid being like a, you know a feature driven product kind of business. You really have to figure that part out because all of the emails, all the SMSs, all of the reviews you request, all of the loyalty points that you're trying to get people to accrue, they mean nothing if the connection is is surface level. Cool. Okay. Uh, Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve e-commerce performance? Um, The only way to properly improve performance is in split testing, AB or multivariate testing. This is, it's very basic. It means 50% of your traffic go towards this landing page or or product detail page or get this email or this text. 50% get this text. After a period of time that needs to be more than one week, could be a month, could be a year, depending on your traffic, you will have a statistically significant result that proves that one outperforms the other in mass. Once you have that proof, you can take it to your marketing colleagues and say, this one works better. Let's stop doing that one and find a new challenger to see if we can beat this one. And that's the only way you're allowed to improve. Here's how people improve today. It's typically called the hippo improvement plan, which is the CEO walks into a room and says, I don't like that button, change it. And then all of a sudden the button changes and you don't know if it was good or bad for your conversion rate, right? So, or maybe you want to you wanna improve your product images. I think the first shot should be this beautiful white background shot of the product. And somebody's like, well, I think it should be this influencer holding the product. And then the highest paid person's opinion wins and nobody knows if it actually improves conversion rate, right? Even the upsells and cross-sells that I talked about. And here's where it gets funny from a tool standpoint. 
every tool will take credit for as many sales as they can. <laughs> so if you look at the revenue that the tools say they generate, it'll typically be something like 300% of your actual revenue. That's because they're all taking credit for the same thing because we have an omni-channel experience. So we need to understand holistically, does SMS improve my overall revenue for the store? Which would technically mean that 50% of, uh, of the people that opt in through SMS would get texts and 50% would not. And you would look at your overall conversion rate from that to prove the overall lift of SMS on the business. And you can do the same about email and abandoned cart reminders, proving the value of those things and proving the value of even one platform versus another if you want to transfer platforms because you think it's got a good bell or whistle. It has to be done in a real-time split test. The other one is called a, uh, you might be called a before-after, there's a few other words for it, a longitudinal test is, is the other technical term for it, where you uh, were on platform A or we're using tool A, and then we stop and use tool B. And the problem is, is that your whole business changed from January to February. And from February to March this year, everybody's business changed. So if you were doing a longitudinal test and you know scales, sales plummeted in, in March, you know your test is obviously debunked. That's why it has to be split traffic. You have to split test. Split testing is really important once you hit about 10,000 monthly visitors. Um, and, and you wanna split test really big things, like not like changing one word in your headline. That's a total waste of time. It, it could it, it needs to be big tests uh, first. And then as you get more and more traffic, you can test the small things. Everyone listening, I think we hit a nerve there. Um. <laughs> because look, I mean, everyone's been the hippo and everyone's been you know, taken down by the hippo. And the one thing I make sure and do when I'm in my team meetings with, with my team and my company is I say, these are my opinions. Please present other opinions. We try and make it a meritocracy as best as possible. And I say, like, what do you think of these opinions? And as often as 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 uh, as I think is right, because I'm still the highest paid person, been, we try and go with you know the the consensus opinion on a subject. And I also always point out when I'm like. Uh, I like the button this color. I, you know, that's my preference, and I, I, it really doesn't matter. I'm sure, right? Like, so I point out the value of my input, uh, even though we're probably going to go with what I'm suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> the, the joy and the danger of being the hippo. Yeah. Um, okay, Derek. Next question then. If someone listening wants to learn more about what we've been talking about, is there a single cheap or free resource you'd recommend? I have a YouTube video that we'll, we'll link in the show notes about like starting stacks and kind of growth stage. Um, and then of course, for researching tools, we've got ecommercetech.io. Go over there. Right now we have like 70 products reviewed. Maybe it'll be about 200 by the time this airs, we're hoping. Uh, and and we're, we're really trying to dissect different markets and sub-markets within e-commerce technology to help people make the right decision uh, for them. Other than that, when you're vetting the tools themselves, Look at the resources that they have on the like for ebooks and downloads and courses you can take because a lot of these tools are actually so robust that you need a firm training in it. And a lot of the tools will not give you like a hand holding customer success experience, especially as a starting store. You have to do all the work yourself. So buying a review tool isn't very helpful if you don't know how to implement a review strategy behind it. So you need the the class. And the, you know, there's there's free things online, but if you're going to use a tool like Stamped, then you should take Stamped course. I think they have a five 
you know, uh, video course on, on how to get reviews set up properly for you. And you have to do that with every tool that you execute is make sure you know how it works and the strategy behind it. The tool is the hammer. It doesn't build the house. <laughs> oh, so true. Um, well, look, finally, Derek, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Um, yeah, so many different things and, uh, you know, and uh, related to starting stores, uh, it's a little bit different. Um, honestly, the first major thing is the move into SMS where, uh, you can go SMS first, text first, only collect phone numbers and think about how you can, uh, strengthen the relationship with your customers via text. There are also now solutions that help reorder through text. There's one called TextFi, T-X-T-F-I. Um, that's like an automated uh, bot for, for texting with customers and getting them to repurchase based on like when a product might uh, run out in their home or something along those lines. So um, and then between the text conversation, you also have the chat conversation, which is live chat on the site, even community forums and staying closer in touch. And then that brings me to this other really new emerging tool that I think is great for starting stores that are building strong brands and are maybe highly social. It's called visual storytelling. Visual storytelling is if you're doing a lot of Instagram stories, you can actually drag that Instagram story onto your own site. There's a little bar at the top that have those circles that kind of look exactly like Instagram stories. And then you can click on a circle and then it pops up a story. And the, in that story is now a product. And if you click on the product, you go to the product detail page because you're on the site, not on Instagram. So it's a little bit more of a, of a that's why it's called visual storytelling. It's a way to engage customers on the site that's uh, that's new and it's cheap to get started. So it's not like a, a higher price tool. There are, because the two higher priced ones, I'll, keep, I'll let you know now, but if you're starting store, don't do them. AI is obviously going to be there. You're going to be looking for tools that automatically segment and predict behavior and then create, you know, unique sequences, whether it's email or on-site experiences because of it. And then the other one is pricing and price testing tools. In the future, uh, there, like in the next six months, it's, you're going to see this slightly, but not quite there. You're going to see people changing and testing their prices more because we're leaving a lot of money on the table as businesses. Um, for instance, like $34.99 versus $39.99. Which one is right and how do I know? And you know how I would tell you to test it, but you can't test prices um, with a true split because it's unfair to give uh, the person on the left 34 and the person on the right 39. They both have to have the same price. So you have to do longitudinal studies, which um, means you really need smart computers to figure out which one is best because uh, you have to understand the difference in overall conversion rate and your sample size needs to be larger and all sorts of things. Nice. Another great answer, Derek. It's been Awesome. You've, you've given us so much today. Um, look, we're now at the end of the show. So could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yeah, for sure. Uh, hit me up on LinkedIn, Derek Haney. Uh, you'll find me around. I love to connect there. I meet merchants there. I meet a lot of tech providers there. Uh, and then through that or through our website, ecommercetech.io, you can uh, book a consultation with me. They're completely free. We just do free uh, quarterly or biannually tech consults to understand the tools you're using today. Uh, um, typically, they're for Shopify and Shopify Plus uh, customers because I'm weaker on the WooCommerce Magento side. But we look at the tools. We look at what ones you might be underutilizing, tell you to go to work on those. 
We look at which ones are missing and tell you, okay, these are the tools you want to install. And this is the roadmap for success that you're going to uh, want to put in place. And as you hit this revenue milestone or this website visitor milestone, start thinking about these tools. And that's, like I said, the plate spinning just gets more and more plates. And then you you hire people and then some of them are spinning plates and you're spinning them. Spinning, like That's how I think about e-commerce between spinning plates and putting out fires. It's a very dangerous uh, <laughs> place. But um, yeah, and, and so I'm happy to give, uh, we give free consultations. There's no catch. We don't try and sell you anything. We're able to uh, to make our money off of our partner network on, on, the, on the back. So it's at no cost to the merchants. And we always try and represent the landscape agnostically because it is important that you're getting the right solution. We honestly, um, we, we have no favorites. We just tell you, we think this will work better because of X, Y, Z. We try and prove it in the, the actual functionality of tools. Brilliant. Thank you, Derek. And thanks so much for being on the podcast today. It's always great to catch up with you. And we've, you've given the audience an awful lot to think about. So uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Well, Derek certainly does know his stuff when it comes to the e-commerce tech stack. And you can get the links to everything we discussed, the full transcript of this episode, important notes, and much more at keepoptimizing.com with an S, not a Z. And that, of course, also includes how to get your hands on one of those free audits that, uh, that Derek mentioned there. I, for one, would certainly be grabbing one of those if I was currently running my own e-commerce business. Now, this month, we are going to be adding a lot to your to-do list. There's probably quite a lot from just this episode. And of course, the strength of any to-do list is working out what you actually should be doing, not just what you could be doing. So in the first week of February, we are going to be hosting a very special 2021 planning webinar. Once we've got those January sales out of the way and you've had a chance to listen to all of our Marketing Foundations episodes, the ones we're putting live this month, I'm going to be helping you work out the plan that's going to enable you to hit your goals in 2021, whatever they may be. And it's not just going to be me. I'm going to be joined by some very special guests sharing their tips and advice too. We're going to reveal more about this as the month progresses. But right now, you can go and save your space for free at keepoptimizing.com forward slash webinar. Now, whilst this month we are all about getting your marketing foundations right, over on our sister podcast, E-Commerce Master Plan, we're filling January up with our e-commerce growth series sponsored by Clavio where we're talking to e-commerce retailers who've grown their business in very different ways and exploring further growth methods with a selection of hand-picked experts. There's eight episodes in all, so we're putting those live on Mondays and Thursdays, and they are well worth a listen if you are planning great things for 2021. You can hear all of that on your podcast app of choice. Just search for e-commerce master plan, or of course you can head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast to find out more about what we're up to over there. So lots of things we're putting out there over the next few weeks to help you make 2021 a really successful uh, year for you. Well, Egg, uh, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. I'm looking forward to helping you up your game in 2021. And if you know someone who's looking to do the same, please do let them know about the show because we create it to help people like them and like you. Now, have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything, keep optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.